2: Flacco on fake throws, touchdown, and the Ravens take the lead. Flacco throws, and that is caught, and getting into the end zone for the touchdown is Smith. Uh Now McCown's going to go deep downfield into double coverage and get it picked off in the end zone. Flacco's going to go for it all, and Perriman makes the catch for the touchdown.
3: A lot of Ravens highlights in the second half of Thursday night's 28-7 victory for Baltimore over the Browns. I'm Greg Rosenthal alongside Christopher Wesseling, the mailman. We're going to be joined by Connie Fox and Mark Sessler to preview all the Week 10 games in just a little bit. But let's uh, let's get some business out of the way. Talk a little Thursday night football. Browns only had 144 yards in this game, Chris, uh, proving, I guess, not a surprise, the Ravens defense best group in this game.
2: That means they only had 38 yards in the second half because they were sitting at 106 at halftime. And that was a Terrell Suggs show in the second half. He hit, well, first of all, Cody Kessler got benched uh, right after all of the word was Hugh Jackson wanted to see him become the quarterback of the future because there's a weak college quarterback class. It didn't take long for Hugh Jackson to get benched. and
3: Terrell Suggs, Kessler, yeah. To get or
2: for Cody Kessler, Terrell Suggs was a nightmare for Josh McCown. Hit him in the arm causing an interception and then hit him in the arm causing a fumble that the Ravens recovered and the Browns couldn't get anything going in the second half.
3: Well, let's start with the quarterback change quickly because this will be a, a conversation point. You know, number one, the odds on the Browns winning this game, no matter who was that quarterback, at that point it's 13-7 to Ravens, were slim. The the Browns have been outscored 151-50 to in the second half of these games, and Kessler in six drives had one drive go further than 20 yards. So... I didn't think it was that crazy to go to McCown at that point, try to give a spark to your team. But, you know, the reality is is it went worse than you could possibly imagine. His five drives, interception, three and out, which included a fumble, interception, lost fumble, three and out.
2: And Hugh's explanation was I wasn't going to sit there and keep watching missed plays. Right, so he, he thinks Kessler hasn't pulled the trigger
3: on some open plays the last few weeks. He wanted to give his team a chance. It didn't work, but Kessler's going to be back there, Hugh confirmed, after the game. He's going to be the starting quarterback next week. Didn't want to promise uh, that he'd be the starter. It, it, it didn't work. It, I'm not going to go crazy about it. We, we should probably talk a little bit more about the, the team that's in the mix here. The, the Ravens are 5-4. and four. Did we Do we learn anything about them tonight?
2: They can beat a bad team. I don't know that we learned much else. It took them way too long to get their offense going. They needed Flacco to convert three third downs on a two-minute field goal drill just to get within one point of the Browns at at halftime. It, It wasn't that promising of a showing for the Ravens. In the second half, they had a few crossing routes they connected on. Brashad Perriman caught a circus catch in the end zone. Other than that, there wasn't a whole lot to get excited about.
3: Yeah, in a in a matchup of weakness on weakness, Ravens offense, Browns defense, you know, that was the best half we've seen from the Browns defense in in a long time. Jamie Collins making plays. You know, they they hold them to a couple field goals. They have a halftime lead. They've had some halftime leads this season. I, I think that does not speak well overall for the Ravens offense. I mean, they're going to have to turn it around if they want to win this division.
2: Well, they go to Dallas next week, so that's a much stiffer test. We'll find out a lot more about them then. We will. What else we got in this game? I don't know. I think that's it. One of my other takeaways was just that Cody Kessler is a career backup. Well, it's when a you see early when you that. see a sideline pass stop in midair because he just doesn't have the arm strength to complete passes outside the numbers. Yeah, unless he has one, unless he's one of these guys whose arm strength greatly improves at the NFL level, he seems like a backup to me. Yeah, you know. That it's tough to pin him
3: on that so early in his career. Physically, he's not the most talented guy in the in the world. There, there's there's no doubt about that. I was also thinking, you know, watching Jamie Collins out there making plays. Um, th- this Browns team, I, I think I know why Hugh made the move on some level. I think it wears on you after a while. I mean, I'm sure it does. They're 0-9. there was a one-score game. They're starting to look more like an 0-10 team as the season wears on. You know, we've talked them up a lot. For being really competitive, being interesting on offense, but that was really the first five, six weeks of the season. And as the season's going on, I I think just the weight of not winning any game, it's tough.
2: Well, I, I think the Collins trade made sense for the Browns, and I think I do that, too. I just think it might be tough to keep them if they if they're losing these types of games. That's true, but I I think that Q is trying to win games, and that's why you heard his explanation. I'm not going to sit back and watch missed plays. I think it's cool that he was looking for a spark. Yeah. He wanted to win the game. He, he wanted to. It, it didn't pan out. Uh, the Ravens still need
3: to get their running game more consistent. Uh, but their defense, it's a great team defense. You know, it, not superstars everywhere, but solid starters uh, throughout the defense. Brandon Williams, Timmy Jernigan, we've talked about it. And uh, they're going to be in the mix. Browns not so much at 0-10. But let's talk about uh, some more interesting games in week 10 and for that i'm gonna send it over to connie fox
4: the around the nfl podcast only deals in mental reps
1: <laughs> welcome back to another edition of the around the nfl podcast my name is colleen wolf and i am joined by a room filled with heroes mark Sessler, chris wesseling and greg rosenthal what is up how's everybody feeling hey colleen you good it's been an uh, Crazy couple of days.
4: <laughs> yes, it has. And we've been fighting for the last 20 or 30 minutes in this studio. I'm not going to hide that from anyone. Uh, so we'll see what happens today.
1: Yeah. Uh, but we do have some great news. Dan and his wife, Emily, we want to congratulate them on the birth of their son. I still, ah! I still feel a little bad about giving away the name, though. I feel like he should unveil it. He gave right?
4: the green light. I mean, we texted him and said, mm. please don't let us steal. This would... this? Seems more like Dan's announcement than ours, right? In theory, and he he said, uh, "Go with it." So you're fine. Well, a, a happy, healthy baby boy. You know, nine mom's pounds, doing great. Dan's doing
3: ounces. great. Congrats. Maybe we will save it for Sunday night. I don't know.
1: I I think I think you guys should. I think we should.
4: Spoiler alert: It's not Roscoe Hand. Right. The prop. Should we save it? I like that idea. It's
1: not LeGarry.
4: Didn't well, none of our suggestions. Right. Uh, were taken
3: at all. Frankly, Dan. Dan is lucky that we're, we're all still so complimentary of him after he just disregarded our, our name choices.
4: Well, he yeah. wasn't the only person involved in the in the selection, and I think it hit a hard wall when he got to the home front. And, and that makes sense because they were semi-insane, our suggestions.
1: <laughs> well, I like them. You know what? I think we should leave the name for him okay. on Sunday. Okay, okay. I ah, like, that. like that.
4: That's what's called a tease.
1: Yes. So you guys just heard the Thursday night recap of the Ravens and the Browns with – uh, you two, right? Wes and Greg.
3: This is, a, this is an audio medium, Colleen. So yes. you say you Poin- two. Pointing does listeners- not work. Is no, that what you're saying? No.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, we have a lot of games to get to. We're going to preview all the week, all the week ten games. There's thirteen of them. I did the math ahead of time. I'm also not good at math like Dan. Mm. So let's get right into them. guys ready? Let's start with Kansas City and Carolina. The Kansas City Chiefs are looking for their fifth straight win this week as they head to Carolina. Alex Smith should be back as the quarterback, and Justin Houston was activated to the roster yesterday. While the Panthers' defense has looked much better over the last two weeks, Wes, the offense continues to struggle. What's up with that?
2: Well, they left three points on the board last week with a missed field goal, but I think it's surprising to people. Who would have thought that Michael Orr would be the key to their pass protection. He's been out since week three with a concussion. Mm. Cam Newton has 48 hits in seven games this year. He had 59 in 16 games last year. Wow. Which means he's on pace to almost double the amount of hits he's taking. And, And I think Greg mentioned this, that against the Rams last week, the offensive line did not hold up well at all. That's to be expected against the Rams' really good defensive front. Chiefs are getting stronger, too. D. Ford's been on fire, and and now Justin Houston might be making his 2016 debut. But their line was so bad. I know it was the Rams, but it was so bad that you're
3: going to lose that game nine times out of ten. You know, thankfully, you're facing the Rams, who don't have an offense. Your defensive line is playing great, but this is why Cam Newton – he only has nine touchdowns, six interceptions this year. He's played a lot better than the numbers indicate because he's had a lot of throws. They ask him to make tough, pro, deep outs, not a lot of easy passes, and so many times he's under pressure when he's throwing.
4: Yeah, and I mean, we we thought that Kelvin Benjamin, with him back, I, I wrote summertime articles thinking that Devin Funchess was just going to blow up this season. He's relatively ghost-like in this offense. They don't have a touchdown to a wide receiver since week five, and I do think it shows in Cam Newton's play and psyche during some of these games that he is getting battered. I mean, compared to last year, one of the reasons you go 15-1 and is because the MVP was protected from wire to wire. That's not been the case this season.
1: Yeah, Cam Newton, he was sacked five times last week, but I wonder if they're going to try and run the ball at all because you can run against Kansas City. So Jonathan Stewart, he might have a good matchup. If he can get going, then Cam at least might be able to scramble and pick up a couple yards too so they can move the ball. They might
4: have to because Kansas City's done a very good job against tight ends as well, and if you find a way to reduce or take Greg Olson out of this game to some degree, your offense is completely different.
2: The sky isn't falling. They're averaging more yards per game than they did last year when they were fifteen and one. Who oh, the Panthers? The Panthers are really yards. Wow. That's that's surpri- Isn't surprising though to the eye? Well, to the eye to hear that
1: it is, and it, they haven't beaten a team with a winning record all season.
3: I, I don't think it's shocking because I don't think for the most of the season the offense has been the problem. It hasn't been the solution either, but it hasn't been the problem. The defense has been the problem. And that's why they have to feel so good coming out of the bye. That one short. And Charles Johnson have played Star
2: Lutaleli too. Yeah. Right,
3: Star to has played like they played in that Super Bowl run because that's their chance. They got to win this game, by the way. I have mean, they're to. three Absolutely. and five. They don't have much uh, margin for I error. I mean, we
4: can say nice things about the Panthers, and there's still a lot of the same players, obviously, from last year's team. But do we trust this team to go on what they're need? They're going to need to win like five, six out of the next seven games. No question to even be alive in this thing.
1: And they're it's not great rush- against teams with good pass rushes either. Yeah. And the Chiefs, they look good. They're, their pass rushers have been playing really well. D. Ford, Ford Cam- has been playing so much better than I expected him to play.
3: Cam's old teammate. I mean, he's reached uh, hes reached the point, his teammate in college, right? Am I right? Uh, that's correct. Uh, you know he. Uh, Who
1: can remember college? <laughs> it's
4: true. Uh, <laughs> Affirmation. He's please. reached the point
3: where he makes an impact every week. That's like the sign of a well. And we go from one
4: Chiefs game preview or review to the next, and they are typically the second team we talk about over and over. <laughs> and they are six and two, and I don't think it's a fluke in the regular season. I don't see them as some sort of Super Bowl team. But their record over under Andy Reid over the past couple years is phenomenal in the regular season. They have some
2: comparisons to the 2015 Panthers in this sense. They lead the NFL with 20 takeaways on defense, and they don't turn the ball over on offense. Yep, That was the Panthers' formula last year. This is an opportunistic defense. They also, I was thinking about when I was watching
3: their game last week against Jacksonville, which they easily could have lost, and I was thinking, who's the defensive backs coach for this Chiefs team? Because Eric Berry's, Great, obviously, he's talented. Marcus Peters is great, obviously, very talented. but they have guys pop up every week. You mentioned in our podcast, uh, you know to end that game, Steven Nelson with a big game. They had Daniel Sorensen practically win a game for them. Sorensen: like they know how to coach up past defense.
2: Sorensen is playing that day on Buchanan money linebacker role as a safety linebacker hybrid, and he's been good for a month now. Emmett Thomas. He's been he's been doing it for a while. A great
3: player in his own right. Defensive backs coach wanted to give a little. Em- now we're talking em- too Thomas much look. about the Chiefs.
1: Wow, Greg. By the way, is that a new shirt?
4: This is new. Yeah. Wow. It's is nice. that a, is it looks that new. a shirt or it looks like a little house on the prairie, like <laughs> long sleeve underwear type? Operation. You don't
2: even know what it is. It's so, I don't know. It's, Wait. It's, it's multidimensional. That looks familiar. Did my paramour buy that for you? Oh, that would be
3: uh, a disturbing step in uh, our relationship. Um, Which were you know, mine and, and hers? Mine and hers, yes. Uh, for Wes, I would think, if we're going shopping together. But no, no, my wife got Wes it. Wes is a confident guy. Oh. I don't think we'd shake him at all. <laughs> it a little I think we are stumbled
1: upon something.
3: Right. We are, we, ha- we are born on the same day, Wes and I. So we have the same sign. So on some level, it would make sense. It's true if me and his paramour, at least that we vibed. Very similar people, you and Wes.
1: You definitely need a celebration every year for the birth of yourselves. Well, I, mean, I know the, that's called a birthday, but a joint birthday. The perhaps. two
2: of us and Roger Goodell.
1: Oh, my God. Happy family. All right, let's <laughs> move on to Houston and Jacksonville. A big AFC South rivalry game. Fresh off the bye, the 5-3 and three Houston Texans try to keep their lead in the division as they travel to Jacksonville to face Chris Ivory and the Jags. Mark Sessler
4: everything that we feared could happen with the afc south is happening all over again because they're going to hoist up an undeserving playoff entry into a pumped up record that they don't deserve. Houston, assuming they win this game against jacksonville, which is not a tall order, are currently the third ranked seed in the afc and they're about to go 6 and 3 and it is most the most underwhelming undeserving 6-3 and three record that I can remember in the NFL because everything that we thought would be an improvement about the Texans this year, specifically on offense has been the, off- the opposite. They are one of the most unwatchable teams on offense. It begins right with the quarterback. People watching the clip right here saw that pass by Brock Osweiler. That's about a third of his passes right there, these wobblers. And the fact that Ryan Mallett and Brian Hoyer can have the kind of chemistry they did last year with DeAndre Hopkins, and to see what is happening with a $70 million quarterback oh, in DeAndre Hopkins right now is unbelievable, and it's a stigma on this organization.
2: DeAndre Hopkins, this is criminal is the lowest-ranked wide receiver in the NFL in passer rating. Wow. 44 passer rating on throws to DeAndre Hopkins, and he is the best contortionist Mm. boundary receiver at the
4: catch-point receiver in the NFL, which tells you what you need to know about the quarterback. And it was 93% last year with Brian Hoyer and Mallett towards Hopkins. Mark. Yeah. You're
3: you're an emotional guy. Like you 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 like to make statements on emotions. You say it's the worst team that you can remember as a winning team, a six and three team. What do you what have already
2: given them their sixth win? No, what do
3: you think about metrics? You know, advanced statistics, stuff like that. I mean, I've factored that into some of my opinions. I've got a statistic here that supports what you say. The Football Outsiders says the Texans are the single worst team they've ever recorded to have a winning record this late in the season.
4: Well it's inter- they, it's nice knew when it. it passes wow. the eye test but I think we all knew it. I mean we've seen this in you know this this has been blossoming all season long.
1: It's true. Brock Osweiler, he desperately needs to be better in the red zone on third down. He needs to take k- better care
2: of the 20 ball. yard line, 30 yard line, 40 yard All line, 50 over the yard field. line. Here, he needs to get better. Like the, their
3: last game, which they're coming off of a bye, but the last game that they played, they, they beat the Lions. They didn't have 300 yards of offense against the Lions, which is a really bad performance. And I, I, I watched that thinking, okay, he had an okay PFF score. I was like, okay, he's going to have a good game. He had some throws in that game that he missed
2: by 15 yards. All of this doom and gloom for the Texans, and we didn't bat an eye when Mark just handed them their sixth win of the season. (laughs) Mm. Because the Jaguars are broken because their quarterback is holding the team hostage, and their coach refuses to bench him. They can't move the ball the entire first half of every single game for the past month.
1: Nathaniel Hackett's not going to be able to change anything, their new offensive coordinator. Well, they're running better, but... Chris Ivory looked the yeah. best he's looked all season well, last week.
4: agreed with you, but let me see that over the course of three or four weeks. I, I There's nothing about this offense that is sustainable from one week to the next outside of its flaws. It wouldn't shock
3: me, though, if the Jaguars win this game
4: because the Texans are a different defense at
3: home. I mean, on the road That's than they true. are at home. They, they are a shutdown, one of the best defense in the league at home. On the road, maybe not so much. But for, but for the Jags, before we move on, I do want to see some of their... There are guys we were excited about on defense also step up, make some plays. Like, Malik Jackson's been very quiet this season. He he doesn't really play that many snaps for a guy that makes that much money. Dante Fowler, we thought, he's going to have a good, big impact. Maybe he, those guys win a game for
1: him. Jalen Ramsey hasn't been quiet, but he's kind no. he's fun to watch. just talking.
4: I like him a lot, but, I mean, if you want to point to why this coaching staff has failed, it's it's mu- it's honestly more defense because this is what they were built to do. We're going to get the young players and build it, and their defense is the same the same issues they had last year are still present. Same defense, same old story. By
3: the way, it, it, Wes was saying, you know, I can say this right. You, you've been a little depressed the last few days. I think that's that's true of a lot of uh, Americans.
2: What if Just you people
1: are emotional? i whether that, they're happy or no, you know, grieving or not feeling anything inside numb, because they're dead.
2: Numb. I've only gotten out of bed to come to work.
3: They. <laughs> <laughs> what if you found out though, as a pick me up. You know, every Sunday we're assigned a solo game. You know, early in you know, in the 10 a.m. hour, that you get Houston, Jacksonville as your game.
4: Like that for you.
2: <laughs> that could turn it. Walk out the door and walk right into the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> call it a life. <laughs>
1: We're doing well here. It's good. Okay, let's move on. Denver and New Orleans. Drew Brees leads the NFL in passing yards per game. But will we see more from Mark Ingram and Tim Hightower this week as they welcome in the Denver Broncos, whose shaky run defense, Greg, is allowing 128 rushing yards per game.
3: Wow. that See, that's why it's not just uh, last week against the Raiders problem. It, it started before that. I think they've given up 160 on average the last three. Derek Wolf's going to miss this game. Akib Tlaib is expected to be out again. And, and you said it, the, the Saints are the last team you want to play if you can't get off the field on defense because they are getting really good at those long, slow drives. They have the best numbers in short yardage of any team in the league. That's Hightower, that's Ingram, but it's also a lot of two-yard passes that you can't stop to Michael Thomas or Willie Snead or any number of guys. Your old boy Josh Hill making some plays.
4: Yeah, I wouldn't call Josh Hill my boy, but I'm happy to see his <laughs> progress. I, I, you know, we did a hit for NFL Network, and we all picked the same team to win this game. And who would have thought five, six weeks ago that we all would have picked the New Orleans Saints to knock off the Super Bowl champs. Oh, yeah, you We all the, did. Mm-hmm. By
3: the way, you mentioned the NFL Network show. We should plug this. Oh,
4: the Pick'em Show.
3: With the Pick'em Show, Colleen's with us this week, of course. It's on three times every Saturday NFL Pick'em. Set your DVRs. Do it. We need some ratings, people. We need them from you, our listeners. What are those times on Saturday? Hey, there them. are
1: all sorts of <laughs> times, Wes. We'll like, get those not, out to you I'm soon. I'm not
3: a miracle worker. I'm not prepared, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you later in the show.
1: Oh, that's a nice tease. I like that. Uh, do we want to touch on anything else in this game? Demaryius well, Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders.
2: I need to petition Greg to move Drew Brees, Drew Brees into his top tier on the QB index. He's been as good as any quarterback this year, and he seems to get better. Every week you look up and he's 37 of 48. He has almost the same line every week for 350 yards. Spreads well, the ball. I have around. him as the number three quarterback. Uh, he belongs he be in, in the, the top tier.
4: I have him as. Just, I'm just defending myself. He, I do have him number three. And I, and listen, they haven't allowed a 300-yard passer all year, the Broncos. So if it happens this week, he might need to keep a little bit higher. It, it's, it's a it's a test for Trevor Simeon. It
3: sounds weird facing the Saints that anything's a test, but he's got to show, and they have to show that they can get into a shootout. Because if you can't if you can't roll up 30 points on the
4: Saints, it's not gonna. It's well, never gonna happen. And the problem is with Denver. It, what you love is to have your defense and an offense that could run the ball and keep Drew Brees off the field. We're not seeing an offense that can stay on the field at all because they can't run the ball post-C.J. Anderson, and they've got a huge issue when all the pressure is being put on what is a third-tier, fourth-tier type game manager quarterback. Right, who has C. a bad offensive line. That's, that's the. Pr- I
3: think Gary Kubiak, he must be really disappointed because he's putting so much on Simeon. He's asking him to go deep. They're a pass-first offense every week, but I think it's because he knows they don't have a running game, and they don't really have a line either. Yeah,
1: nope. Trevor's just been so inconsistent, and it just seems like they're sh- they struggle so much to pick up a first down on every single possession. Well, it
4: reminds me of the Rams to some degree. No Kenny Vaccaro, right, to spend it
3: Well, he's no, we seen a suspension. He's appealing it, so it's list- this late in the week, it sounds like he would probably play this week and be suspended later. But that is would be another huge loss. He's having his best season. He's playing well. Another former making the leap
1: guy. That's true. Let's move on to the Rams and the Jets. The 3-5 and five Rams visiting the 3-6 and six Jets in the let's-see-the-backup-quarterback bowl. Mark, the Rams have Case Keenum <laughs> trying to help them avoid a fifth straight loss against Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's been limited with a knee sprain. So maybe there's a possibility we might see some Bryce Petty again.
4: I think it's very possible. I I was looking at this game before this show and wondering to myself, which of these two rosters I would rather start with right now. And it's it's interesting that one of these teams was a 10-6 and six team last year, and I really struggled with the answer. I didn't come up oh, with one. Oh, I think it's easily the Rams. Give me the roster with Todd Gurley and Aaron Donald. It's easily the Rams, but I also want to see – that before you hand out a massive extension to Tavon Austin, <laughs> that you have a player that can actually fulfill his potential. And before you take a quarterback, number one, that there's some hint that he's developing. It's too early to, to, to judge Jared Goff, but it's not too early to look at the Rams coaching staff and say there are issues with the, your ability to develop players on offense. Defense, I get it. On offense, this has been a problem through Jeff Fisher's entire reign. I felt so bad for Todd Gurley when I watched the Panthers
2: game and they need to put him in the Wildcat or swing a pass out to him in order for him to find any open spaces whatsoever. He There are no spaces when he runs the ball. And then he's not even on
4: the field. Yeah, they're down. They're not even using him at as the much end,
3: anymore. At the end of the game in hurry-up. I that It was the same in London. When they get into the hurry-up, they go Benny Cunningham. But I guess, I guess what's the difference?
2: It, it's, well – the other factor is he hasn't practiced this week with a thigh injury, so who knows if he's even going to play? No one runs and against it's, the yeah, Jets. Yeah, it's tough about. to
1: run against the Jets anyway. Plus, they're having all of these this drama with Muhammad Wilkerson and Sheldon Richardson, who they benched last week in the first quarter.
3: Manish Mehta going hard at Muhammad. I mean, he Muhammad Wilkerson's taking a lot of heat. I mean, Dan, Dan questioned uh, him as if he's the guy that you want as a, as a leader, and yet. Do you, would, I don't know. I can't pick this game, by the way. Okay.
1: This is a weird one, too, because the Jets offensive line is so banged up, and then you have the Rams front coming in. So it's like whoever is the quarterback is yeah, probably going to get hit a lot.
4: This is another one that I, I would say you know that we don't assign to Wes uh, early Sunday because no. it's, no, that was it's a not going to keep you before. out of the Pacific Ocean. That was a I bit. Mean, how much do you like your friend? Would you like me to hang around for more years? Well, that's my point.
2: Thank you. I don't want to lose. We you could to just the, all go.
1: Sea. We could just all go into the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> it's it's fine. Hey,
2: yeah. Heaven's Gate type it's of thing. It's Like a more more of the awake. <laughs> I'll
1: provide the track suits. It's, <laughs> it's
2: all good. I'll bring I'm the not the sure Nikes. I
4: signed up for for this thing you're discussing. Yeah. <laughs> not quite yet. Let's see what happens with Browns Ravens, which you've already <laughs> proven given the result to on this show.
1: <laughs> okay. How about the Packers and the Titans? The four and four Packers taking on the four and five. Titans, so many teams with only four wins in this league right now. Well,
4: welcome to one of the murkiest regular seasons of our lifetime. Wow.
1: All right. So both of these teams are fighting to take a division lead, by the way, with those four wins. Green Bay, a game back from Minnesota and the NFC North, and Tennessee, a game and a half back from the Texans and the AFC South. The Packers, they haven't been able to run the ball lately, but they have managed to stuff opposing runs. So how much will that slow down the Titans and their offense this week?
2: Nobody slows down the Titans running game. They've scored 26 points or more in each of the last five games. And this has sneaky shootout potential. We keep talking about the Packers offense like it's a broken offense. They're averaging 28 points, 380 yards over the last three weeks. Meanwhile, their defense has been the issue, allowing almost 30 points per game I think we could see uh, something like we saw in San Diego last week, a shootout. Yeah, Boy, it,
3: it's been underrated how the, they lost their top three cornerbacks and then they mm-hmm. get one back and another one gets hurt. I mean, most teams, they lose their top three cornerbacks. It's, they
4: lose Clay Matthews. It's got to make a pretty big impact. Yeah, and I mean, if we, we just talked about an AFC South team, a leader in the clubhouse in the AFC South that we don't believe in uh, really at all, I would much rather see the Titans make a run. And they're not a fluke on offense. They sit just behind the Patriots right now over the past 5 weeks in terms of what they're putting out in terms of touchdowns and more four, four plus a game Marcus Mariota had some backbreaking turnovers but was
2: otherwise absolutely electric last week I mean this
4: is i if i want to believe in one team and it might it might come right down to the last week It's the Titans in this division. I think that they were built in a way that's more fun to watch personally. They're a tougher team than a lot of the other teams in this division. Should have been a team with ATL. Just kidding. Oh, (laughs) my God. You know what? Don't even try to (laughs) open that door again, Wes.
3: Uh, You're right about Mariota. Even though he made those big mistakes, it was more like a Jameis Winston game with with big highs. Nice try. And big lows. No, no. All I mean is that. Nice try putting Winston on Mariota's level. Wow. They're at pretty similar levels this year. But my point is, I like that he's opened things up the last few weeks. He's going for more. He's running more. They're pushing it down the field. Ultimately, I I think he's playing a lot better
2: the last five weeks, and I think that's going to lead to good things. Playing better than Aaron Rodgers the last five weeks. He has a 111.8 passer rating. Rodgers is in the 90s.
1: He's so good in the red zone, too. It's almost like every time he gets into the red zone, you feel like something good is going to happen. Plus, the Packers do not defend tight ends well. So Delaney Walker, this should be a good game for him, too. I
2: am so impressed with the collective. Knowledge of tight end defense in this room. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's true.
4: We're really that, that's a shot coming from West, by the way. Yes, it is. a shot. Uh, but by the way, unless you've already uh, seen this in in our illustrious research packet, want to do a little Titans trivia question? Ooh, going hard on the research packet. Well, Mariota multiple touchdown passes in five straight games. It's the longest streak by a Titans quarterback since which quarterback in which season? Kerry Collins in 2005 was that? What was it? I'd give you plus a plus minus on the year, but you're wrong on the quarterback. Okay,
1: I don't even remember the question.
4: <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> I just remember that great Kerry Collins year. Remember that year? multiple TD passes, five straight One weeks team. from Mariota. The last. Titans quarterback to do this. Steve oh. McNair, 2003. Good guess. I would have gone McNair. It is Billy Volek, 2004.
1: Ooh. I totally would have had that one. I mean, yeah. who you was know. the wide Shoot. receiver he was throwing passes?
4: Drew Bennett.
3: Drew Bennett. They, they were <laughs> fantasy football magic they won down me the some, stretch. They won me some cash that I used to spend. Back in your troubling casino no, days. On an engagement ring? Uh, Strawberry truck? <laughs> to a trip to visit my friend, Dave. And on that friend, I met my wife. My future. What a great story. Wow. You owe so your
2: wife to Billy Volek.
3: Billy Volek, partly responsible. Everything was, back was to questionable. Phrasing questionable.
4: What does that even mean? On my friend, I met my wife. I'm, I'm <laughs> trying to figure out what. Are we not doing phrasing um, anymore? Phrasing. Thank you. <laughs> but a nice story to, to nice my friend. Oh, yeah. that
1: was really beautiful. Okay. Let's move on. The Falcons and the Eagles. The Eagles return home after back-to-back divisional losses to host the scariest offense in the league. The Falcons are averaging 34 points a game, led by Matt Ryan, who grew up right down the road from me, guys. Hmm. So now he's back in Philly. Greg, can the Eagles slow down this wrecking
2: crew? I don't think so. I, Wait, were you and Matt Ryan buddies growing up? No. Uh,
1: he, he was, like, in Exton. I was in Horsham.
2: Aren't you, like, roughly you the same
1: age,
4: we, we were we were
1: born the same year. But we grew up in towns that were like near each Did other. Did you
4: not read like local sports page action about him like lighting up area defenses?
1: Yeah, all the time.
4: You being serious or
1: Yeah. Oh, interesting. Did so you, you ever <laughs> Did you ever
3: interview knows. him as like a high school reporter, you know?
1: No, that never happened. I never got the big interview with Matt Ryan in high so,
2: school. So so very anticlimactic. Right. This I story know. doesn't totally pay off. It does like Super my wedding.
1: Yeah. A reunion of sorts.
3: What were we talking about? So, <laughs> Sorry. I
1: don't know. I forget everything. The
3: Eagles defense yes. is great up front. But last week, I think you saw the weaknesses. Leotas McKelvin is not 100% right now. And when Leotas McKelvin is your number one cornerback in theory, mm-hmm. and he's not 100%, that, that's a pretty big problem when you're about to face the Falcons.
1: It's very scary. The corners can be picked apart. If they can get good pressure on Matt Ryan, then that helps, but I'm not optimistic. But
3: that's a, it's a great offensive line. He gets rid of the ball quickly. You know They're a tough matchup for everyone. It's, it's not like they're a tough matchup just for the Eagles. It doesn't matter who they play. And the Eagles have gotten really good safety play out of McLeod and Jenkins this year, but they're coming off a bad game too. They can
2: only do so much. Falcon offense is getting healthier, too. Mohamed Sanu had one of his best games of the season last week after he had battled through injuries for a while. Tevin
4: Coleman has a chance to play this week with a hamstring injury. Those are two of their top four or five weapons on offense. Yeah, they talk about the Falcons right now averaging 6.8 yards per play. That's insane. Like, that's video game level offense, and you have to go back to the 2000 Rams to find a team that had a better – yards per play figure. I mean, that shows you... It's crazy. They've been in every one of these games because their offense has been electric. Well, they... You know, a lot of teams just rip
3: off, you know, five-yard plays and it looks routine. They rip off 20-yard plays that just look routine. Just he cut, you know, Ryan goes back there, he throws a slant and it's an 18-yard gain. It's just like that's just a that's like a 3-yard run for them. It's that's how, how
1: it's how I envision the Steelers offense would sure. be this year, but they're not.
4: It's how the Steelers have been when in they're very inconsistent even in some of their better years when they hit that peak two or three week period where we all think this Pittsburgh team is a Super Bowl team, but the Falcons have been doing it every single week and whether it's at home all these other teams, these home road splits, they've gone into Seattle and score points. It doesn't matter where they are. Here's the Julio Jones effect. The Falcons have four players
2: averaging over 17 yards per reception, including him. The other three are one running back and two tight ends. That means they're getting wide open because Julio Jones is getting so much coverage,
3: yeah. And because Kyle Shanahan's going to get a uh, head coaching job because he's doing such... A great job. Although I, I still True. wouldn't discount the Eagles' chances in this game. I feel like the Eagles are good enough to beat anyone. I know they're four and four, but they're an unlucky four and four. They won their four games by a combined seventy plus points. They've lost their four by a combined nineteen points, I believe. And Carson Wentz ha- has played pretty poor two of the last three games, but he also made some great throws last week against the Giants. Do
4: we need another big play from Bryce Treggs for Tregs. them to <laughs> hang around in this game? That's West Treg bomb. Away. Well, I mean, it's because they had to to go down to players that had not been playing to find any sort of downfield element to their passing game.
1: Yeah, I was looking at their depth chart last week, and when they got rid of Huff, basically it was just Treggs. And I'm like, who is is this even? They had four receivers on the roster, and they also have Lane Johnson suspended, so that's not helping things at all. Carson Wentz, I feel like I can see – a total difference in the way that they're playing because they have liabilities up front. And even if the blocking is not on the line, it's with the tight ends and it's just not the way that it was with Lane in the lineup. Mm.
3: And you have to go to Darren Sproles as your primary runner, and he's doing a pretty good job with it, but I still don't love inside runs by Darren Sproles on two key short yardage situations last week. It just seems Strange
4: people are talking about I saw tweets about how Ryan Matthews has been relevant from a fantasy perspective because he has a a, a, what a touchdown in three straight games but he's seen eight 10 snaps per game and they continue to talk about him as our lead running back just stop stop saying that we don't need to you don't need to announce a lead running back when you're not going to use him that way for a month straight.
1: Yeah, and this happened last you know. year, too, that we saw Darren Sproles being productive in sort of flashes, and it's always like, well, what's going on with Sproles, and who's the lead back here? And I don't know if Sproles is underrated or if every single situation that they're putting their lead back in, air quotes, is just not the right one for that player.
2: Well, I don't think you can ask him to touch the ball 20 times a game and do punt returns. Yeah, you and can't run inside.
3: What is your feeling since, you know, we have you here? which is great, Colleen. You know, you're kind of the state of the Eagles fandom. How are you feeling
4: about this team? I'm not great. And Wentz. Not well, how great. about Wentz? Great. The, I, the idea of Wentz and the future of Wentz.
1: Because it all started out so nice when my expectations were not – nearly as high as what was delivered to me and so I've been on a roller coaster of sorts I started with "Uh, I don't know what this is going to be they got to throw Carson Wentz out there he's not supposed to be out there and then oh my god it was great and he was playing so well and he doesn't look like a rookie and look at him and Dak and now it is not like that at all the Cowboys have seven wins the Eagles lost to the Giants and the Cowboys and now they have to host the Falcons
3: they're in, they're in trouble this year, that Cowboys game we said at the time. That was a fork in the road game, right? That was the well, original we would fork think- in the road game because th- their season would feel so much different if they closed that game out like, like they should have. If Dak Prescott was on the Eagles, I think you know the same sort of things would be happening to him that are happening to Carson Wentz. It's the situation. I, you know?
2: I look at this different than you. I think you're the only person I know who expected them to be good this year. Like, this is – they've got enough good things going well for them that they can build on it. I didn't expect them to have some – They're somehow game. the number one team still
3: in Football Outsiders well, is having to, like, explain how this they is have, possible. Every week, yeah. They're still the number one team. How is Although that possible? That Steelers win and there's another win in there packed in, I believe. Uh. In well, they have the number one defense, according to them, and the number one special teams. and And – to a point that's been like a narrative, but that's actually been proven out too, which is that they're by far the worst number one team at midseason that they've ever had. They basically don't have any teams as as really that top level.
2: Between wow. the election results and football outsiders, I'm enjoying all the splaining going around. Like <laughs> <Nerd> spl- <laughs> Just don't mention tight end defensive coverage. No. Hey, I enjoyed it. I think you guys have brought the knowledge today. I'm just
1: glad I picked myself I, up out of bed. I noted a
3: little condescend- condescension in that from West too. I, that was, you know. It, we'll, was,
4: it was a quip. We will forge on, but uh, it was detectable.
1: All right. Here we go. We Could- should
3: pick this game for the heck of it. Why not? Because this seems
4: like such a okay. toss-up. Falcons. Falcons. I, I mean the Falcons every week have proven that they're not going to be taken down easily Falcons sticking with the Eagles
1: You are? So, yeah. Okay.
4: Seems like a toss-up game, I don't know. Hero pick at crazy. home?
1: Yeah. I like it. That's at, a
2: Greg move. At some point I want to touch on this Kyle Shanahan head coach talk. We don't have to do it today, but
1: That's a good tease going forward. Yeah. Wow.
2: Josh McDaniels and Kyle Shanahan and the Peter Principle.
1: That should be a next Tuesday mm. thing.
3: Interesting. Except Parking
2: I call down. it the Tony Kornheiser principle.
1: <laughs> the Vikings and the Redskins. I'm just
3: imagining the the listener out there that's like, "Wow, that was a good tease." I'm gonna listen now from now on just to hear that Kyle Shanahan episode.
4: I'd like to think that that many listeners would feel that way. <laughs> it really, <laughs> good. it really
2: touches <laughs> on the theology podcast too. So Ooh. we'll save that for, tu- Ooh, I like for Tuesday. Wow,
1: night. I can't imagine what the crossover is.
2: There is some crossover.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's get back to the Vikings and the Redskins. They're going through a bit of a rough patch right now. Minnesota's dropped three straight, and the Redskins lost in the last minute to the Lions, then tied Cincy in London before the bye. So, Mark, the Vikings seem to be unraveling
4: at this point. Um, Does that continue this week? It's a team that's put up 10, 10, and 16 points over the last three games. After this game, you've got the Cardinals, Lions, and Cowboys. And I don't like this matchup for the Vikings Much at all. I think the one place that they could take advantage of is no Trent Williams. Maybe the defense finds a way to disrupt Kirk Cousins and throw that offense off. But I think that the Redskins, a streaky team, when they're annoying, they're very annoying. But when they're good, (laughs) they're very powerful. And I don't like any game for the Vikings where the opponent scores more than, what, 17 points? Game over, basically. Prove me wrong with Minnesota post-bye week. I thought the same way until I watched...
2: Game Pass and saw the Vikings and they left ten po- at least ten points on the board, if not fourteen. They should have had twenty six or thirty points against the Lions. They moved to a hurry up, up tempo offense, and I know Greg compared it to the two thousand ten Rams in Sam Bradford's rookie year. It's
1: a like Pat Shermer th- special.
2: Pat-, Pat Shermer spent some time under Chip Kelly too, and it's got some of that. It's got some of that magic or hmm. non magic going <laughs> for it. But yeah, they <laughs> they hid their offensive line by going hurry up and throwing quick short passes and that's their best recipe for success right now. They they did have that drive. I was really impressed by
3: the drive at the end of the game. I, I mean, thought
2: Sam Bradford played pretty well. Yeah.
3: Right. I think Bradford for the most part hasn't been a part of the problem at all. He's not I, been protected. That's not Right. His fault. I, I there was nothing he could have really done in some of those losses and I I think to to your
4: point he played pretty well last week. I still need I the way they ended it had had it not you know, come back with the Lions. You'd, we'd be talking differently about the Falcons where maybe they're start. you know, under Shermer, maybe they're going to start to construct a different type of offense that works. But I still don't see a team that's going to... You're going to get caught in some rough games down the stretch. Well, hey, here's the thing. But how do you get out you of it? You
3: sign Ronnie Hillman, and suddenly he's your primary back for half the game. You know, they're, they're in third and one, fourth and one last week, going for it against the Lions, and you can't you can't get a yard against the Lions. Like, no, no running game... It's tough to overcome no running game unless you've just got an unbelievable quarterback.
4: And how easy do you make it on opposing defenses to game plan against you when you have such an overt weakness? You you have to basically run the ball up to 20 times a game when you know it's not going to work, and you're taking away a third of your offensive plays right there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And for the Vikings defense, they get Eric Kendrick's back, which is a huge help because Jordan Reed helped defend him.
4: Oh yeah, tight end defense.
1: Yeah, that's where I was going there. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah,
4: tight end <laughs> defense. Trickets. We do I wanna see what happens with Deshaun Jackson over the next uh day because he's did not practice again because of a shoulder injury. You, you know, that's someone there's a lot of there's a lot of to like about this, this Redskins offense when they're all on the field. The,
3: the Redskins have gotten better every week this season, really as a team. I mean that seems obvious when they started out slow, but especially offensively. I mean, I think Jay Gruden is doing a great job. It's a little Mm – I don't know if it's underrated, but he creates offense. He's got Kirk Cousins as his quarterback, and he creates offense.
1: Yeah, they have – the run game is going to be difficult for them to – Fat Rob's starting it. Yeah, new starter. Rob – Robert Kelly,
4: Fat Rob. Fat oh yeah, Rob. Fat Rob. That's Rob. his nickname from Tulane. I don't lane. dislike Rob Kelly. I think he's he's not gonna he can't do a million things for you, but he's ran he's, well.
3: He's from running back. You Tulane University. Nice guy, right. Greg. Oh, that is Matt Forte, Moel Moore, Orleans Darkwa. Hall of Famers, all of them.
1: Orleans Darqua. Yeah, I mean,
3: I mean Rob, why
4: did you list Darqua third there?
3: By the way, uh, <laughs> you know we're not giving up on the these Vikings team. I know there's been it's been some rocky uh, rocky sailing for the old team of ATL. Team!
1: Are you taking them this week? I'm taking them. Okay. Yeah. Are you guys?
2: I'm taking them. I actually changed my pick after I watched them. I saw some positive things. Getting Cordero Patterson involved. I saw a Loquan Trebwell
4: catch. Mark, are you I, I am not. <laughs> I feel like it's the not team a, of ATL is like you're on a team. show. No, you
3: have to pick them if if it's a toss-up type of game, and
4: this is well, pretty cool. Yeah. It's not a show of disrespect. I, I and I also don't think that their season is actually over or anything. But I, they're they're on the road, and you know, listen, I I think the Redskins are more explosive than people want to give them credit for.
1: So good luck to the Vikings this week. Miami is back at 500 after three straight wins. Now they have to head west to San Diego, where we'll see two of the season's most surprising running backs, Melvin Gordon and Jay Ajayi. Mm. Gordon is coming off the best game of his career. Terrible timing for the Lions West, since they haven't had much luck stopping the run.
2: You think Ezekiel Elliott's the hottest running back in the league? Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that, Colleen? Jay Ajayi.
1: It's probably the crop top. <laughs> Just kidding.
2: <laughs> Ooh, there's I'm a kidding, shot. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm <laughs> kidding. Didn't know where – I didn't expect that one. I like it. Since week six, Jay Ajayi has the most rushing yards in the NFL and Melvin Gordon has the second most. So this this is a pretty good matchup
4: here of two backs drafted last year. I mean, one difference would be that San Diego's run defense has been very good. It, I mean, statistically, it's equaled with the Packers as the best in the league. Really? That surprises me. I don't think of them as a,
3: a shutdown – well, Run I should defense. say in
4: terms of teams that have rushed for over no, 100 make, yards, I mean they just shut teams down.
3: You know, you know who deserves a little credit for that a little Brandon Mebane action on Ooh. the podcast week? He has speaking of
2: old
4: podcast a,
3: friends, he's had a yeah. really good season for San Diego in general. He shows up every week making plays for them.
1: Yeah, and when I watch him, I. I guess I didn't realize how big of a guy Mebane is, but when you actually see him play and like watch him, he is a massive. Well, he came into this
4: studio and he was, if you took Greg and I and. (laughs) Like we, if Greg and I were <laughs> hugging, and then you had three Greg and Marks hugging, that was basically Brandon Meebane from in between his head and midsection. Just Rep like Bryant was six Gregs. Oh my Marks.
1: God!
2: How Br- did you guys, guys all fit in here? It was Red Bryant, Meebane, and Mike Rob, wasn't it? It was an interesting
3: window into Mark's subconscious. There, three Gregs and Marks hugging. <laughs>
4: well, no, because if it were one of us hugging Wes, Wes is a burlier individual. It would not have been inaccurate. It was, you know, you and I are smaller individuals. I'm not as huggable as Greg either. Wasn't saying that might be true. Especially in this shirt. <laughs> I know. <It's> soft.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, it's true. Ryan, uh, I actually, I don't know how soft your uh, shirt is. I don't know why I said it's true.
2: <laughs> one um, thing about this Dolphins team, the more they keep winning, <laughs> I think the more their mercenaries, their high-paid mercenaries on defense check back in. Ooh, I like this <laughs> theory. Really? And like Dominic this. and Sue, Mario Williams, they've got something on the line when they're winning. When they're losing, it's like, ah, you know, I'm trying, but I'm not like as invested as I could be at my peak.
1: Do you think Indomican Sue is playing better than people give him credit for? I think
2: Indomican Sue is playing better than people give him credit for every season of his career. Mm-hmm. People like to pick on Indomican Sue whether it's for the dirty plays or the money or being a mercenary and being unapologetic mm-hmm. about chasing the money. People like to pick on Indomican Sue.
3: Cameron Wake is playing really well for them. He started out the season as a situational pass rusher. Now he is playing more. And he—it's he, amazing. He's 34, coming off an Achilles injury, and he looks like the same guy. And he's been a big part of this turnaround. Their defense has been a big part of it. This is a—this is—I guess this is obvious, but this is a big game for these two teams. This it is really very is. similar to the Jets-Dolphins last week in that I feel like the loser—it's
4: a loser—goes home game. You're in big trouble. The yeah. loser wow. this game is you're big the Chargers. Trouble. You have you a bye coming up after this. You go in five and five. You can say to yourself. The craziest stuff you could imagine happened to us. We're 5-5 five and, five and have a major chance from here on out. You go in 4-6, and six and it's it's caught up to us. In a division where everybody else has six wins. Sure. It's yeah. tough.
3: That division got three teams in in 2013. And unless I'm crazy, I believe that ended on a long winning streak by these very same San Diego Superchargers.
2: It was also when West, four, West was
3: born. Four straight wins oh. there to end the season. So they have a little... Institutional uh, memory here of we know how to go on these late season runs. Institutional memory.
1: They have to protect <laughs> Tannehill in this game, too, a little bit better. Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa have been playing so well next to each other. Oh, yeah. Just from that game that Joey Bosa started, the way that they've been able to change that defense is so unbelievable.
4: Well, you could say that they would be – they're 4-5. They'd be 5-4, and four, maybe even 6-3 and three had Bosa – You know, been there from the start of the year. He's that. It's rare that you find a defensive player that could change things that much. But you look at him play, and you have to believe it. Well, it's
3: it's such a game that you expect to be high scoring, and I don't know if that's you know Ryan Tannehill's type of game. They're trying to limit his exposure. This Chargers team, third in the league in points scored, and that's why I'm confident.
1: No way.
3: And I'm gonna make this my lock of the week.
1: Lock it up. Look at that. Wow.
3: We almost totally, am I the only one that
4: remembered to have a lock of the week? I uh, I, I did, locked it up. I had one, and we went right through the game that I picked, so <laughs> I'll keep it a secret. I'm pretty sure Oh, no, really? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just pretend I got it right later.
2: <laughs> I never decide my <laughs> lock of the week until 50 minutes into the show. Mm.
4: Okay. <laughs> like that. that's so fair. like Monday Night Football. By the
2: way, I, very close listeners to the show will know it's been a little
3: while since Mark's had a lock of the week. I believe I
4: think most <laughs> listeners have no are not tracking it on any level. <laughs> I'm just saying it's yeah. it's been a little while I, well, I you legitimately it up. have forgotten two shows in a row. I need to do a better job of having something on the desk near me that reminds me to do that. It's in our contracts.
1: Sydney. <laughs> I'm on it.
4: I'm not. That was not a shot at you. Sydney. It, oh, I
1: feel like it kind of was Would it help wow. saying like an alarm clock.
4: Yeah, I'm not putting it on you. I was blaming myself directly, Colleen, attempting to stir things up there between uh, the producer and one of the people on the show. I really
1: am getting comfortable in Dan's seat. Yeah. If it was was
2: a stat about tight end defense, you would have remembered it. It's true. (laughs) Well – that was
4: accurate.
1: In the NFC West, the spiraling 49ers head to Arizona where Colin Kaepernick will face a much better pass rush than he saw last week. The Cardinals' Rosie are coming off their bye, and David Johnson has a dream matchup against a miserable Rundy.
3: Yeah, it feels like the Cardinals haven't played in in months. I don't know why. And they're they're a little down in the dumps, and when you're down in the dumps, you know, you just play – the NFL's version of Prozac, the San Francisco 49ers. Everyone's happy with a little 49ers in their life. They'll come out of this game, and we'll be talking about oh, the they can overcome their offensive line, and the defense is great, and everything's fine in Arizona because they're they're playing like an AFL team, like yeah. a Pac-10 team.
2: It's a shame we
4: all can't play the 49ers <laughs> this week. It'd make oh, me that, feel a lot better. That'd
1: be so great. Maybe they can just bring the team in here to talk to us.
4: <laughs> I mean, there's an incredibly depressing statistic attached to the Niners. They are the first team to allow 170 more rushing yards in five straight games since 1988. That is before Greg was born. No. That's not true. Close <laughs> I to wish. when you were born. Not even well, close. Not no. even before Colleen was born.
1: I was alive then. All I right. was in
4: the 70s. Well, you were a young person when this last <laughs> happened. That's accurate.
1: That is imp- yeah. impressive. I was Before watching. I mean, Cindy that's was born.
4: That is I was how bad some, they've been. I was watching some
3: top 20, you know, music countdown on MTV. A little Europe superstition was
4: dominating. That's a huge that. humble brag. <laughs> area, Area White talks about listening to Europe. Europe is terrible. I mean, it's just unbelievable. <laughs>
1: Um, Carlos Hyde, he's probably <laughs> I don't know what he's going to do in this game. If he's even going to play, or he's going to take some week.
2: touches. It should be going to Dewan Harris is what he's going to do.
1: Yeah, how about how about him last week?
2: Well, we said last week he ran like a man possessed before the bye, and now he comes out and he played really well last week. Wasn't he's du- got to stay in the rotation? He, he's been really good. Wasn't he the guy that
4: was the car salesman? Yes, for okay. the Packers. I feel like that. I mean, oh my a long, God, Mike McCarthy I about raved that. about him. During it, well, was McCarthy it during the preseason him. or the offseason in Green Bay? And then he tore
2: his knee up. But McCarthy I mean, loved him. They could use him, him right now.
4: Why, wow. Before we move on, any thoughts
3: for you guys on the Colin Kaepernick experience after three games? I feel like he's, we never talk about how he actually plays I think football.
4: there's a reason that we don't discuss him that much. I don't think he, he used to be one of the more captivating quarterbacks in the National Football League, and I just think he's attached to a sinking ship, number one, but he's not saving it either. He didn't have a terrible game last week yeah, or anything. I think he's but... the same guy he was last year and the year before. Yeah. Do, I... you
1: re- do you remember the last time he went to Arizona and started last year?
2: It was a disaster. He had it's the like four a, interceptions.
1: Like a 37-7 oh. Tired loss.
2: Matthew high-stepping into the end zone.
4: Yeah. Well, he... this ain't that Cardinals team, I'll tell you that much. No. It's a better defense, though.
2: It's a
3: good defense, and I saw that box score, and I'm rooting for Kaepernick for whatever reason. He, he was – you know, a very entertaining player back in the day. And I, I saw that box score and I'm thinking, Ooh, Kaepernick's, you know, he got it going against the saints, but he didn't look very good. It was just a lot of short, pa- a couple short passes that receivers took a long way. He, I agree with you, Wes. He, he looks, he looks like the same guy that we saw the last few years. I mean, the, the chip you're... Kelly thing isn't happening. Wasn't that one of your off season, uh, somethings? Oh, well, you're right.
1: The, one of the, uh, Predictions, right?
3: It was some sort of like prediction that we will got blow quite your a mind. hand gesture there. What was the
4: thing?
1: Ja, well, I, when I get excited, I do jazz. Hands. Oh, that was what jazz we hands. Got there. Jazz hands. We got that.
3: Well, you said the Chip Kelly Kaepernick thing was gonna blow the NFL uh, over or something.
1: Yeah, I probably said that. I'm sure of it. Mm.
4: I mean, so you go, so you spend Tuesday and Wednesday if you're the offensive side of the ball in San Francisco, putting together a game plan. At this point, the game plan needs to be we know we're going to be down or have given up 17 to 20 points 10 or 11 minutes into this game. How do we dig out from that? How can you really assess what's happening with any of these guys when you're playing from behind and giving up 170-plus yards per game to a running team every week? It's ridiculous. Hmm. That's fair, dog. Can't wait till they have their fourth different head coach in the fourth same, four
2: straight Januaries.
1: How about this ridiculous matchup? The Bears and the bucks they've had some time to clear their heads. The Bears are coming off a bye after the Vikings. No, we have not. And the Bucks off a Thursday nighter to the aforementioned Falcons. Now, Tampa Bay has given up over 1,000 yards of total offense in the last two weeks, Wes. Can the Bears take advantage to get their third win of the season? Do they have three wins yet?
3: They have two. two. Yeah. So their third win of. There's the a season.
2: gigantic wow. monitor behind you. If you oh, if I this.
1: could oh, look at that. that. Turn it around here. Yeah. So can they do it?
2: No. I spent <laughs> many minutes trying to think of reasons to watch this game. I don't. I'm. I'm sorry. I failed. A I loss. failed
4: you. There was Doug a, Martin might come back. That's yeah. a pretty good reason. That's true. Well, that's across reason. the other side of the ball, I, there was a there was an article. Uh, task to me early in the year when these oh and three or oh and four teams reasons for hope and I and like you I could not come up with one reason back then <laughs> for the Bears I really tried and it was maybe you don't have Jay Cutler after this season right, and you start over but I' see something else I think you've found a running back in Jordan Howard mm. am I wrong I I don't see him as a guy
2: who's going to be their long-term starter I don't think he's got I, I tried. don't think he's got the I game. tried
4: sorry I mean I,
2: I I'm in the minority on yeah this. I, I think a lot of people see him I think he's too slow
1: did anybody else find it odd when watching the Bears and the Falcons last week to see Jay Cutler um, going around and, like –
3: Bears-Vikings?
1: Yeah, Bears-Vikings to see Jay Cutler sort of um, patting people on the back and talking to them and going around and being, like, a motivator of sorts. Well, it, anybody notice that? Because it felt really weird when I was watching Asking it. for a light? Maybe that was it.
3: <laughs> I mean, it would be the most Jay Cutler thing ever. To have a little run here? No, it wouldn't. It would. P- people act like he's been a terrible quarterback his whole career. He hasn't. He's had big time runs, and he certainly can light up a defense as when, bad as the when's Buccaneers' his last big time run. He—it's uh, well, been okay. a few years. All right, so maybe, maybe it,
4: maybe, maybe, it, maybe it comes he, from I this thought angle. he played
3: well. So did Josh McCown in the same season. But I thought he played well.
2: He got outplayed that? by with, his backup in the, the Super year Well,
4: but all right, so not, not to the Bears' credit, but he's done enough to not force Chicago's hand. To yeah, make it, a change to the position. In fact, it's not so long that it gave to,
2: him a massive contract. That has to do with the state of quarterbacking in the NFL. He also played enough to get coaching staffs fired over and over again. And if I were in Chicago, I'd have a running meter saying oh, games he's left gone. until I have to stop watching Jay Cutler. Oh, he's gone. I just wouldn't be
3: surprised if he happens to play well down the stretch the game against minnesota was good and he, now he's playing one of the worst defense in the league so if you were desperate for a fantasy streamer it's like would you be you wouldn't be surprised if jay cutler has 300 yards in a in a few touchdowns this week would you
2: whatever you're never going to get me to admit that jay cutler is some kind of good quarterback nice try greg i wow <laughs> That really hurt.
4: I mean, Cutler will do enough to make sure that your team doesn't have a top three pick to take another quarterback. I don't know why Greg insists on loving heartbreak. I'm not saying he's good. (laughs) I'm just saying there's value in being a league
3: average starter, and that's about what
2: he is. If you're also a leader and liked in the locker room, sure.
1: This is bear. depressing for them. That That's a that's kind it of week, for that Colleen. matchup. I'm done with that matchup. <laughs> with Let's that. go to the next one. The Steelers, they're back at home after dropping three straight. Ben Roethlisberger is another week removed from his knee surgery as Pittsburgh prepares to play host to the seven-win Dallas Cowboys, who have an underrated defense, sort of, Mark.
4: Well, I think their offense certainly helps their defense. They do. They. I mean, they've got great coaching on defense, and that's been the case for the past few years with Jason Garrett, Um, running the show, and I, I would say that when you have an offense that can string off seven or eight minute drives that end in touchdowns over and over, that you're putting the whole team into a good place, and it's you know, I would have thought, looking before the season, that it would be Pittsburgh that might have the 7-1 record. I don't think that anyone in this room would have comprehended a part of the year where Pittsburgh could potentially be losing four straight if they don't get it done here. Wow. And I don't think that it's crazy to think that will happen at all, whether it's in Pittsburgh or in Dallas. It's in, it's in It's in the home stadium for the Steelers, but the Cowboys are the better team in many ways right now, and they're on fire and they're on a roll, I trust Dallas.
1: Yeah, the Cowboys haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher or receiver yet this season, and this is a defense that coming into the year we were all, I was at least, concerned about a lot of different parts of the defense, but specifically the pass rush and just in general all the pieces that they had to move around to make up for the guys that were missing, and they're doing okay. You know what I say to that stat?
2: (gasps) Lock it
4: up Whoa! He's doing it You're
3: locking up the stat.
2: We're doing a three way lock. Not only do the Steelers <laughs> win this game, oh, Antonio Brown crazy. goes over a hundred, Le'Veon Bell goes Ooh. over a hundred, Ben Big Ben goes over three hundred, lock it all up. Whoa! The Steelers are a different team at home. It's not the Cowboys are the best team in the NFC this year. It's not like they're unbeatable. They should have lost to the Eagles a couple of weeks ago, who are not a better team than the Steelers at home. I think the steel. I like the way Big Ben played in the fourth quarter. It took him a few quarters. I know he's having trouble with cover two defenses. There's a chance we get Ladarius Green to make his Pittsburgh debut this week, and I think Eli Rogers looked good last week. Big Ben threw some dimes in that fourth quarter last week.
4: They got to get Le'Veon Bell on track earlier in this game than they did against the Ravens. They they ne- they ne- of their big trio, none of them played well early, and they never really you know figured it out. I the, my antidote to Pittsburgh's offense at home would be, again, that Dallas, if, if, if Ezekiel Elliott gets the yardage and the, and the carries and the touches right. that we think he will, you keep the Steelers' offense off the field for an extra 8 to 10 minutes in this game.
3: Well, it's, it's a big test of a Steelers' defense that I don't know what to think about. Some weeks I've been really, really disappointed because I, I don't think they're lacking talent. When Cameron Hayward out there, maybe that's the X factor. They tend to look a lot better. Stephon it's playing well. Ryan Shazier played incredible. He was all
2: over the field list And
3: when Hayward's out there, that takes up attention. And Shazier, the secondary's obviously not very good. Uh, and trying to stop this Cowboys defense or even slow it down is, is tough. I mean, not to pick on your Browns or anything. It's rare to see... We're far beyond that point. <laughs> the Continue. It's, it's rare to see a matchup like that Cowboys-Browns one where where it looks like one team is an SEC team and the other is Nichols State visiting them, you know, for homecoming weekend or whatever. And yeah. that it it's rare to see an offense that good where it's just like Four, four possessions, four touchdowns.
4: And, with, and with Dallas in that game, and I get it, it is Cleveland's defense, but it was another example where the whole offense is not reliant on just one guy getting it done or two guys. They spread the ball around to so many different people. They're not just a – you can't do one thing and end their offense. They can find different ways to get at you. Barry
3: Church still going to miss this game. And Mo Claiborne. For Dallas, Mo Claiborne going to miss it.
2: You would think lock that, it up. that Pittsburgh. I'm
1: envious of this lock.
2: Boom. You can share it with <laughs> me I'm, if you I'm want. I'm
1: sad that I did not pick this lock.
2: I believe in sharing, Colleen. All He's right. giving you hey, a
1: doorway You can in.
3: do double locks. I like no, this no, lock, no. too. I'm going
1: gonna, I'm gonna to stay with my lock.
3: I'm going to take the Steelers. I can't lock it up. I, I already uh, locked something up.
4: I didn't lock anything up, nor will I. You- <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, don't need to, I don't need to deal with vaults.
1: <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Yeah! <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sunday night. Fo- does, it, does anybody have anything else for that game? Nah. All right.
4: Nah. Wes told you who's going to win
1: Sunday night football. How about this one? The Seahawks on a short week playing in Foxborough against a Patriots team that's well rested and looked pretty much unstoppable before their bye. Seattle will be without Michael Bennett West, which would be maybe a good game. Big game for LeGarrette Blunt.
2: Or what if it's a big game for Deion Lewis? Ooh. Ooh.
3: We don't even know if he's playing yet. Hopefully Do you think
4: he'd see a big
2: share of action if he gets in there? No, I don't. I think he'd be limited. Mike Garafulo was saying, though, that Patriots teammates are really impressed with what they've seen in practice. LeGarrette Blunt said he's nasty in the open field. It doesn't make any sense. Guy coming back from two knee surgeries who was the most elusive player in the NFL last year when he was on the field. He, I, I think this Patriots offense can get better, even if the stats aren't better in the second half because they played some <laughs> Bad defense. The stats couldn't be better because but, they're better right now
3: than they've ever been in Tom Brady's career, including 2007, which is crazy. It's only a four-game sample, so it's a little un, under unfair to you know, extrapolate that out. But that's how good they've been over these four games.
2: They're going to be able to play to any situation against any defense when you can pound it with Blunt when you need to to kill the clock. You can spread it out and go with Deion Lewis or Deion Lewis and James White. You can play Martellus Bennett, who's finally getting healthy after about three weeks where he wasn't healthy and wasn't used much. And Julian Edelman, you would assume, is going to be better than he was early in the season, too. You know what I got for you?
4: A lock? No. Oh, A little tight end defensive stat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> of course you do. Well, I mean, because you're looking at the two teams in Seattle and New England that combined have only allowed two touchdowns to tight ends, but mm. this game gives you Jimmy Graham Jimmy Graham Rob Gronkowski and a healthier Martellus Bennett I think there's a, this is a fascinating primetime matchup. The Seahawks gave us one last week, and I want to say keep putting Seattle in primetime. Keep putting New England in primetime against good competition like this. We need these night games to stop stinking. This could be the antidote.
1: I love this game. I cannot wait for this matchup. I feel like Russell Wilson, he looked a lot better he's last healthy. week. He's not as healthy as we've seen him in the past, but against the Bills, he's the healthiest we've seen him look. And the offensive line, yeah, it's shaky, but the Patriots don't generate a good pass rush. So, Russell Wilson, he's going to have time. And just look at the games that Brady has won for the Patriots. He beat Cincinnati when they fell apart in the third quarter. He beat Cleveland with Charlie Whitehurst, the Steelers with Landry Jones, and the Bills without LaShawn McCoy and Sammy Watkins. Throwing a B's. Patriots have not faced a team with as good of a passing game as the Seahawks since they faced the Cardinals. I'm locking it up for the Seahawks. <laughs> what? Wow.
4: Wow, outrageous!
1: In New England, this is listen. In New England, when I everybody oh. laughed and laughed and oh yeah, you can have your fun with your lock of the week. When I locked up the Chargers against <laughs> the Falcons, and
4: then you got lucky. I won. What do you mean she got lucky? They won that game. Well, you get that in this room sometimes. People tend to giggle and and cast off an idea that might be a little different than the rest. You might be right, Colleen. I'm wishing you luck. Seattle's one of the
3: best teams we've seen in the last 25 years. It's not crazy, but the Patriots have not lost a lot of games in Foxborough over there.
4: Well, now that you've gotten that scourge, Jamie Collins off your defense, everything's looking (laughs) up for the Patriots, right? Is it Scourge? Scourge? I don't know. Scourge. Scourge,
3: Scourge, Scourge. I think. Uh, it,
4: is it doesn't the
3: first, matter. It is the first game for Jamie Collins without Jamie Collins. I want to see what this defense has. I don't think Bill Belichick's happy with this defense. I think he looks at some of those opponents you talked about and doesn't give the defense that much credit for some of the things that they've been doing. You're right that they haven't had a great pass rush. I think they could be vulnerable to the deep ball. And as our old friend uh, TD used to say, no one's got a sexier deep ball right now than Russell Wilson. Maybe Ben Roethlisberger.
1: <laughs> Mark's face it's pretty sexy. Is so awesome right now. <laughs> but,
4: I mean... You mad I, bro? No, I'm not, I'm not upset a, at This all. is a match of the you
3: mad bro. I, this is no, a you no, mad bro game. You, know, you
4: mad bro. Last week, we as a group talked about that Bill Seattle game being interesting and we couldn't have been more right. I have the same feeling about this one. This is what this has the, this is why we should care about the regular season. And it's it, not, don't give me Tampa Bay, Chicago. <laughs> I don't need to see that. I need to see
3: this. I. This is some throne of ease type of stuff, but I wish Michael Bennett was in this game. Oh, you know Greg. what I mean? Don't you? Greg. The two Bennett brothers. I, in the, I said it in the, who said it this week? Tom Brady. He thought Michael Bennett was the most valuable defensive player this is the ultimate bro game. in the entire league. Yeah, it is. Why
4: not? I'd like to see these two teams at their best. I, I, I understand the sentiment. I think we all do. But the idea that you, as a Patriots fan, can just kind of—you know—you're going to glide to fourteen and two, 15 and one. So of course you want all the premier players on the field. I like football more
3: than I like the Patriots. Nice well, it's shot. easy to
4: say that, but it's like either way, you're going to get handed a glowing Super Bowl-type team either way, well, Greg. Well, this, this game reminds me – don't be mad. <laughs> you used to be – I
1: was going to stop it, but Brad. now I'm just like watching.
3: You used to be uh, excited. I, I'm thinking back to a, a few years ago in Glendale when a little unknown undrafted player by the name of Malcolm Butler – made the greatest play had a great time in Super, at Bowl that Super Bowl history. And this trio in here, you know, Dan was also there, not as excited. This trio here that was at the game, we were all excited in that moment. We well, didn't even
4: know who Malcolm Butler was. Dan, an, an unfortunate thing happened to Dan in the game. Two things. One, New England won the game. That was yeah. not up Dan's tree. But secondly... Before, they, we were all stuffed into a press box where Greg and Wes and I were stuffed at one end, and so we had no choice but to be hugging each other because we were smushed up. But they moved Dan right before the game. We were bigger the than game. Brandon <laughs> eBay and at that time. Yeah, we mo- they moved Dan about eight or nine seats down where he was all by himself, by himself? in the yeah. oh press no. box. And it, all these people in between us, and he looks over as New England's winning the Super Bowl, his absolute nightmare, and we're jumping up and down, <laughs> hugging each other, and then a shadowy <laughs> league figure who I won't name took video of it. No. Yes. I won't say who that person was. They knew who they were. Wow.
3: I'm going to take this moment to uh, talk a what little. What moment? little mouth well, well, this game. Who this gave is you not, a moment? This He's game, giving a speech this, now this because we're Malcolm talking Butler. about the
1: Patriots.
4: <laughs>
3: okay. Malcolm Butler. Not only <laughs> th- made that play, he somehow has followed it up. He is playing outstanding this year. haven't mentioned that at all. He is playing great. Top 10 cornerback. again. This is an undrafted guy who has backed up that play with two top – Ten cornerback Pro Bowl type of seasons. That's that's almost less likely
2: as that play was. Well, he's about to get paid. He's going to take Jamie Collins' money.
1: Do you feel good now? Do you feel better now that you got that spot?
2: I have one that more. Moment? I have one more thing.
3: You've got another moment. <laughs> one more. This is a better Tom Brady than a few years ago too. Better. I agree. On, better on the deep ball. Nine of fifteen on throws over twenty yards this year, and he's quicker.
2: He's got a little more foot speed. I liked what you said in your QB index that he's like a mid-career Michael Jordan working on on different parts of his game in the offseason because he knows he has to get better. And if you read features of Tom Brady from two years ago, the one in the New Yorker, he talks about that saying, my team needs me to get better because this is a weakness in my game. I can take away that weakness. And become a better quarterback, mm. and that's how you defeat Father Time, Dan Hansis. That's how you defeat slight regression. You work your butt off to eliminate your weaknesses.
4: Or, or, or he's I heard the not out on science. <laughs> he's not a human. Maybe well, I, just he has machine parts inside of him, and, and no, button no one but Giselle knows that he is advancing the art of football. And Ooh. by liberty of
2: his wife making eighty million dollars a year, he can hire personal coaches. Oh, coaches. I think he's doing fine financially with or without her. I mean, but like a guy that. And they
1: have great friends.
3: Dak really, Prescott too. can't
2: hire these people. Good circles of That's people. true. His diet. I go right back to his diet. He, sometimes he's allowed to have avocado right, ice cream.
1: Much, this is like too much Patriots are wonderful talk. I'm done. We're moving on. How about <laughs> this? Fair. Two of the top ten offenses face off Monday night with the Cincinnati Bengals and the New York Giants. Both teams have struggling past defenses, but do the 3-4-1 and one Bengals turn things around now that they have a healthy Tyler Eifert-Rosie?
3: I think they will. I have no real basis for that. I just <laughs> overrate the Bengals Wonderful. week after week and underrate the Giants week after week, so it's two things colliding yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. I think Andy Dalton's better. I think they have the edge at quarterback, the Bengals. I think they're a better team than they've showed, and I think the Giants, who have some pretty clear weaknesses uh, on the offensive line and the and the running game and the passing game, has been erratic, are a little lucky to be five
2: and three. Well, stats agree with you. Based on the point differential, they're le- they would
4: be lucky to be a four win team. Right. I mean, as much as we trust the Giants to win a few games, they shouldn't. You also trust them, even at home, to drop a few they should potentially win. But if we're going to look at a few other teams on this show and say, if you don't take care of business, San Diego Chargers or Miami Dolphins, you take another loss and it's over – you know, I understand not mathematically we could go into deep December with that business, but you really want to talk about the Bengals being a playoff team. You lose this, you're 3-5-1. and one. And they're still in fine shape because of the division they're in. In That's the division, terrible. yes. But, if, if but you someone...
3: gotta you got to come out of this by and come on. Be a different
2: team. Right. And I think, I think they're the better team in this matchup. And I think that they are a
4: completely different team with Tyler Eifert on the field.
1: And they have a running game, which is something that the Giants, I feel like, never have.
4: Well, That's the true. Giants running game – they're a hard team to watch in some respects, and, and they're complete. How many teams are we going to talk about that have no running game? There's a lot of them this season. It's not 1976 anymore, but the the <laughs> Giants have a disastrous ground game. It's 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 hard to watch, and it's going to cripple them eventually.
3: Well, they they tried to mix it up last week by getting some other players involved. Paul Perkins at, at tight end, and Paul Perkins. Paul Perkins. That's not moving the needle at running back. <laughs> but I I think unimpressive. No, I agree. Thank you. I think the the key is Olivier Vernon's been playing through this hand injury, and he, he's not creating pressure. The only way they're really getting pressure is when they dial up those old uh, Steve Spagnuolo blitzes. And the defense has been better this year, but I, the Eagles could have scored 40 points in that game, which I was really surprised by. They attacked them vertically against a, a pretty good secondary. They just
1: don't have the receivers, though, to do it, the Eagles. But AJ Green can do it. AJ Green
4: can yeah. do it. I and was that's, say, gonna, yeah. It's a different deal this time. And and Eifert, who was really limited two weeks ago and then played more last week, I think you're right. I mean, that's their offense has not been what they want to be without him.
1: So that is it, everybody. We got week ten in the books here. The preview at least. Dan, what a ha- job, Dan like has Colleen. a new child.
4: Congrats to Dan and Emily. The Congrats. world two great parents. The Muzzle- world is so different. And- Oh whoops! Take that, <laughs> <laughs> Take that out.
1: No, I feel like we just keep that in. Keep that in, but if you bleep listen it out the whole show. Yeah, bleep it out. Bleep out the name. Yeah, I, did you get it right? I don't even know if you got it right. I got, you it, got it
3: right. I got it right. All Give right. me a, a right. little credit. Well, he's a lucky guy. You know, it's not, you know, congrats to him. You know, <laughs> born into a a wonderful family.
4: You know what I'm saying? I we agree with you, Greg. Wow. <laughs> All right, you nice guys, attempt to get out of it.
1: <laughs> You'll be back on Sunday night. To recap all the games, Dan will unveil unveil the name of his child officially. Thanks. If
4: Greg to, uh,
3: doesn't beat him to the punch. Right. Oh, yeah. Try and uh, and Sydney now is going to let us know when the Pick'em Show airs on NFL Network every Sunday. I think
1: she's searching for it right now. 8.30 Eastern, 12.30, and 1.30 a.m. on technically Sunday morning.
2: 12.30 p.m. and yeah. 1.30 a.m.
4: Okay. And you just Got it. do the math in your head. That's all. Why That's would you not... Or organize your day to watch all three. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, it's not a different show; it's the same show, but watch it three times. Or, or, or just each DVR you'll it. You'll miss
1: stuff along the way. Sure, DVR like, it,
4: and then
3: and just leave it on. You don't even need to watch it. That that gets some sort of credit, I believe.
1: That's true. Go to
2: a sports bar; they'll have it.
1: All right, that's it for us. This has been fun. Thanks for having me, guys.
2: It was great. Thank you. We're
1: gonna sign off.
2: Saved us. It's
3: always fun having Quiet Storm, the Wolf Woman,
1: the Mailman. Are you still the boss? I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) Till Sunday.
4: now a word from our sponsor, Mr. F. Johan Gustaf Nuttwixel was a Swedish economist, often regarded as the father of the Stockholm School of Economics. His work attempted to synthesize three theoretical approaches to economics, the Lausanne School, the Austrian School, and of course the Ricardians. He is also renowned for his pioneering work in monetary theory and his contributions to macroeconomics. The Malthusian that he was, he made quite a name for himself, giving lectures on the reasons for drunkenness, Wes, prostitution, Greg, poverty, Colleen, and overpopulation, proposing birth control as the cure for these problems. Elements of his public policy were taken by the Swedish government, becoming part of their welfare state program. Thus, Wixell's work did not remain in the realm of theory but was implemented in practice to the benefit of many in his society. Nut Wixel was born on December 20th. Okay,
1: Mark, I think, I think we got it. That's, uh. that's good enough. You guys can sign up for Mr. Flame's high school economics class in The Hague, the Netherlands, today at www.flameclass.com.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired.